On podcast 1914, Polestar 3 nears completion, BMW i5 copies Tesla, and the BYD test drive event down under. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information. For Wednesday, 27th of September, I'm Martin Lee, and I've been through every EV story, so you don't have to. We'll start with the news of the Polestar 3 nearing completion. Post some rigorous hot weather testing. The fast approaching completion of Polestar 3 has been moved forward by a two-week hot weather test in the UAE. Following their debut at the Goodwood Festival of Speed, the Polestar 3 prototypes were then whisked to the UAE last month in August, testing in urban and desert terrains around Dubai and Abu Dhabi, where temperatures were 50 degrees Celsius plus or 122 degrees Fahrenheit. Polestar's CEO, Thomas Ingenlath, said that he was optimistic about the progress of the Polestar 3, affirming that production is slated for Q1 2024, the advent of the Polestar 3 is notable as it contributes to the expanding lineup there, which will soon have two new SUVs, the Polestar 3 and the Polestar 4. Ingenlath also highlighted that enthusiasts can now visit uh, Polestar retail locations where the Polestar 3 is indeed on display. Have a look at the design and explore the interior. Now, BMW taking a leaf out of Tesla's book. They've rolled out an anti-theft recorder. Uh, It aims to catch miscreants in the act. uh, A 40-second clip released online by BMW demonstrates the feature. In the clip, two individuals, bad actors... They were actors. uh, Are seen attempting to unlock a BMW i5 electric car, but were thwarted not only by the alarm system, which forced them to flee. Like I say, good actors. However, uh, unlike traditional systems, the BMW's i5, when it's finally out, will also feature an anti-theft recorder. It'll use all of the external and internal cameras to capture live footage. It will transmit it straight to your phone via the My BMW app. And BMW boasting uh, that they can use the cameras to help thwart any attempts to steal the vehicle. (coughs) Sentry mode. (coughs) Sentry mode. Like I say, an entirely original idea. Uh, All right, let's talk a little bit about the new Porsche Cayenne plug-in hybrid. What do you think of this? Uh, So it's called the Porsche Cayenne SE Hybrid, unveiled for the US market, and it will bridge the gap and the price divide between the V6 Cayenne and the V8 Cayenne Turbo. Under the bonnet is a 3-litre V6, and it's got a 174-horsepower electric motor, which in a small vehicle, on its own, would be a very powerful motor. 0-60 dispatched in 4.4 seconds for a big vehicle like the Cayenne. But they've upgraded the battery pack. Do you think it's enough? They've gone from 17.9 kilowatt hours to 25.9 kilowatt hours. Now, again, in a vehicle this size, and what I like about the Cayenne is that it's all integrated into the gearbox, so it's very seamless, and it does make for a very high performance, but also efficient drive when you want those things. But I don't know, even then, even 25.9 kilowatt hours still feels like a little bit on the small side for a plug-in hybrid these days. Don't get me wrong, that is bigger than the battery on my first Renault Zoe. But still, on this vehicle, it's going to do, what, 25, 30 miles. Feels to me, tell me I'm wrong, and I won't mind, 
feels to me we should be shooting for more than 25, 30 miles for plug-in hybrids these days. We've kind of been at that for a long time. It feels like a plug-in hybrid should get to 50, 60, 70 miles all-electric range, given the progress with battery technology and how to package things like that. But either way, again, it's an expensive vehicle. 100 grand, isn't it, for a Porsche Cayenne uh, in this spec. But if you're after a plug-in hybrid, that's out for a 2024 model year. So, why are dealers worried about the forthcoming EV tax credit? Well, starting next year on January the 1st, this is one for my US listeners, by the way, buyers will have the option to apply the electric vehicle tax credit directly to the sale price of an electric vehicle. Essentially, you can use it as a down payment. This new provision differs from the current system, where $7,500 tax credit is only applicable against your future tax liability. However, this change has sparked some concerns among dealers regarding the timeliness of government reimbursement once the credit is applied directly. Dealers are fearing a delay in the government paying back the credited amount, which could affect their financial operations. Worth pointing out that dealers are pretty much uh, cash poor. I'm not saying dealers are poor, obviously. I'm saying that they are stock rich and cash poor. Dealers don't sit around with a bunch of capital just unassigned. If they've got money, they'll buy stock in order to put it on their lot to sell you a car. And again, this is one of those things where the government, I'm often on at the UK government, but the US government really must get this under control or the dealers won't be able to properly sell that to buyers when they walk through the door. The new process is beneficial for buyers. Don't get me wrong, $7,500 off a future tax liability has always felt clunky to me. But it's potentially even more cumbersome uh, for dealerships in this new way of doing things. One dealer from New Jersey highlighted the need for a swift reimbursement process. They said ideally within 48 hours of correctly filing the paperwork with a maximum wait time of seven days to ensure smooth financial operations. Can you imagine waiting up to a month to get your $7,500 back? If you sell a bunch of EVs, if you're a dealer and then you've got a, I don't know, maybe there's a lease payment due on your building, and then you've got to run payroll as well every two weeks or once a month. And cash flow can be a real issue for any business. So in light of these concerns, the NADA, the Dealers Association, is engaging with the government in the US to streamline the process, but nothing yet has been decided. But I think if they get it right, it's good news all around, because, of course, the, the the car makers advertise the price of the vehicles like with the seven and a half thousand dollars off already. Even though you might not have a tax liability for that full seven and a half grand, the way that they advertise cars, it, oh, you know, effectively it's this price. Well, that's not always the case. But anyway, the kind of money off the hood way of doing it, I think, is much better for buyers. And you know, the dealers will be doing this paperwork day in day out, so they'll be used to doing the paperwork. And if they can do an online filing system and they're reimbursed quickly, should work really well. Let's talk Volkswagen next. Opting for a temporary pause in the production of the ID3 and the Cupra Born at their Zwickau and Dresden plants in Germany, responding to reduced demand. Scheduled for a fortnight in October, this move aligns with the autumn holidays in Saxony from the 2nd of October to the 13th, that's the uh, Zwickau plant, while the Dresden facility will pause the ID3 production from October the 2nd until October 16th. And now this decision from Volkswagen Trail's earlier revelations this month, where it was disclosed that they weren't renewing fixed-term contracts on temporary employees, uh, 269 of them, 
at their plant in Zwickau were not being renewed. And there is a general slowdown in, or rather, a rebalancing, I should say. There's a rebalancing of demand and supply with Volkswagen. Hey, I don't want to go back to the days of, I remember Audi having 15-month delays to get a Q4 e-tron. That wasn't that long ago. Okay, for me, a year and a half ago, probably. But, you know, it was a crazy wait to get an EV. And those things don't exist now. Uh, Production has caught up with the demand of electric vehicles, but uh, definitely a bit of a head-scratcher there because those vehicles, the ID3 and the Cooper Born, they should be popular vehicles. They are popular vehicles. Not massively impressed with the ID3 in terms of spending my own money on one. We've we've had one. Um, It was okay. Cooper Born, though, very much. The ID3 got right. Okay, let's move on. And let's talk about how to lower EV charging costs at home for Minnesotans. Excel Energy is unveiling a new program today aiming to ease the financial burden for Minnesotans keen on charging their EVs at home. Now, they are going to offer a rental or purchase option for home chargers. Customers can now, if they want to, maybe they're only going to be at that location, they're going to sell their house at some point and maybe in a year's time or something, and think, well, we don't want to spend a load of money putting a car charger in. You can now rent your car charger from XL Energy. It's sixteen fifty a month, and obviously you pay for the electricity that you put in the car. Now, this rental scheme also covers installation and any future maintenance. So that's all covered. It's not your charger. So if it does break in a year's time, I mean, it's covered under a warranty, of course. Uh, any other electrical work needed, though. So say you want it in a location away from your main electrical board or it needs upgrading or it's particularly old or not suitable again you have to foot the cost of that or xl energy will sell you a charger for 770 dollars i don't know what the brand of the charger is couldn't find this in the information that i got hold of today for you Uh, but then there is uh, obviously a three-year warranty on something new but if you particularly wanted to rent your home charger they will do that for you. Now, any option that you do, XL Energy are pointing out that if it's available in your area, the EV owners should take advantage of time of use tariffs. Now, uh, their particular one they highlight is midnight until 6 a.m. Off-peak charging for significant cost savings. I'm currently on Octopus Go here, and that I think it's going to go away. That's not, By the way, that's not official. I've not read that anywhere. But Octopus are really pushing their intelligent one really hard. And I wouldn't be surprised, I should say, if they grandfather the Go. I used to be on Go Faster as well, which is brilliant. Uh, that was much earlier. It's like 9.30 p.m. that started. Uh, and it was for five hours. Now I'm on four hours overnight. And so I wouldn't be surprised if in a year or two they start to nudge customers over to Intelligent when they've got all the charges on board. I'm on a Zappy V version 2, by the way, from my energy, and that doesn't work with Intelligent. And I really wanted to, because as, as you know, uh, another bit of Octopus, Octopus Electroverse, are a sponsor of this podcast, full disclosure. And so I have been a fan for a long time. I use that service. I'm with Octopus uh, for my home electricity. I've spoken to them about a heat pump before. They came around last March and did a survey on my house got a full quote pack, and we were going to go for it. It just, the way, the location of the heat pump and the tech available at the time, I was like a metre too close to our neighbours, and they were really worried about the uh, ticking, ticking the box on noise uh, because 
there's all these hoops that you've got to jump through with heat bumps. And so we're talking about moving it to the bottom of the garden. It got very complicated um, and never took it forward. Uh, but again, Octopus have got their new heat pump. The heat pump grant from the government now £7,500. So we'd love to go for that sometime early next year. Uh, we needed five radiators replacing, which I'm cracking on with in the meantime. So, you know, all these things... Uh, put me firmly in the octopus camp, but I would love to be able to use Intelligent with my Zappy charger. We'll keep an eye on that. But also, good news, back to the original story uh, for my listeners in uh, Minnesota there that uh, want to use Excel's offer of renting the chargers. Now, coming up, we'll talk about something going on down under where uh, a state tax has had its knuckles wrapped, and I wonder what the outcome will be on that. And a big test drive event for BYD down under. Stick around, those stories and more are coming up. So if you'd like this podcast ad-free, by the way, and you there will always be a free version, because I love the fact that it's listened to by a lot of people these days, all around the world, and it hopefully educates people in a very good way about electric vehicles and renewables and storage. But if you'd like to strip out the ads, and of course, support this show, 100% of my income comes from the amazing Patreon individuals and companies and a little bit from the adverts that we managed to insert into the podcast, uh, then you can uh, get this show on the air. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash EV News Daily. Now, Flow, F-L-O, stylized in capital letters. Flow is a prominent charging network based in Quebec, recently embarking on a strategic partnership aimed at augmenting their charging solutions with wireless charging and also plug and charge in collaboration with the Massachusetts-based Wytricity, famous for their Halo EV charging system. Flow is exploring the integration of adding the Wytricity wireless charging into their packages, also adding plug and charge technology alongside Hubject, which does all the sort of weaving the data and stuff in the background, I think, into their ultra-fast chargers, enhancing the charging experience for EV users through that plug-and-charge network where you just turn up, plug in, walk away, like the Tesla experience, and it all happens in the background. Now, what's been going on down under? Well, in Victoria, drivers have been really unhappy over this state tax on EV drivers. Well, now the Victorian Ombudsman has finally released the verdict on this and pointed out that the state tax imposed on EV drivers is unfairly administered since their inception of it two years ago. The state government charge is aimed at zero emission vehicles, but also plug-ins as well. And to equate the contributions that fuel-powered or combustion vehicles make towards road maintenance with the Commonwealth fuel excise and trying to tax EV drivers. The tax mandates that drivers of plug-in hybrids and fully electric vehicles pay per kilometre on public roads within and outside Victoria. Since 2021, the charge has impacted thousands of individuals, many of whom have contacted this podcast and talked about how it's unjustly applied and how they're affected. Among the criticisms of the scheme are the reliance on averaging out the calculations, which leads to plug-in hybrid drivers who perhaps did a journey that day for whatever reason or went out into... And into the outback or something and ran on combustion for a day or two and then came back and charged up and did some local errands with their plug-in hybrid on electricity being unfairly and doubly charged because they're buying the fuel and they're paying the Commonwealth tax on that 
that petrol, but then also being stung. Now the Ombudsman has come out and said, this is an unfair tax and it must, the way it's administered, must be changed. Four recommendations put forward. It's also going to the High Court and I'm I'm pretty sure that that will get smacked away. And that's a good win. It's a good win for Aussie drivers. Also down under, BYD and their importer there, EV Direct, orchestrated what is being... Lauded, really, as the world's biggest test drive event across multiple Australian cities. The event said that 1,400 test drives of the BYD Atto 3, the third highest-selling EV in Australia, I think, surpassed only by the Model 3 and the Model Y. Uh, they had almost 1,500 test drive events over the weekend just gone. 200 new orders followed the test drives, according to the event organisers. Along with the test drives conducted on the designated days, additional test drives were facilitated throughout the week for those who couldn't attend. That's a great thing. Like You and I know the best way to get people to get an EV is just to get them in an EV. Uh, now, to date, over 10,000 BYD Atto 3s have found a home in Australia. Um, it's a very competitively priced proper electric car in the highly favoured small SUV category. Now, let's talk Tesla Powerwall. Price have been slashed ahead of the new model being released. Uh, Powerwall 2 is now $8,400 to proceed the launch of Powerwall 3. In addition to the price reduction, buyers can get a $500 rebate for installations completed before October 31st. The savings don't stop the direct price drop. Many Powerwall installations qualify for additional incentives, a 30% federal tax credit through the Residential Clean Energy Credit Program. Uh, The current Powerwall 2 needs an external inverter. Powerwall 3, which comes early next year, has a built-in inverter and is literally a box on a wall solution and uh, i think installers are loving this because the idea of power wall three is that you go from maybe a day at a customer's property you know you can get it on the wall pretty quickly commissioning it though with power wall two i gather i'm not an installer i gather that can be uh time consuming this new power wall three looks like it is bolt it on the wall get it commissioned, inverter built in, simplifies the installation process. Uh, 11.5 kilowatts of continuous output as well, a big upgrade on Powerwall 2. You know, my solar edge battery here, which is 10 kilowatt hours behind me, is, uh, is I think, 5 kilowatts peak. Uh, but my inverter is 3.68 so that I, uh, I don't have to do any extra permissions. That's the limit on that. So, But it can charge and uh, at 5 kilowatts with any excess solar over and above my inverter. Well, oh, that's why all my stuff is solar edge, because it all just works nicely together. Although saying that, over the weekend, my battery disconnected, disconnected several times. It really annoyed me. I looked at the dashboard, and I was pulling from the grid. So I had to walk out to the garage, turn it all off, turn it all on, and... Uh, it's been a bit patchy. I might contact Solar Edge and say, mm, it's not very happy at the moment. They've been pretty good, actually, when I raised a ticket and just a couple of days to get back to me. It's okay. Um, it's been stable since Monday. So, you know, touch wood, I'm leaving it. But there we go. Uh, let's talk about Ubertricity, the Berlin-based charging infrastructure provider. Ubertricity marked 10,000 charging points milestone. Well done to everybody there. A big push coming from its entry into the Dutch market from July earlier this year. The expansion saw the incorporation of 1,500 existing AC charging points across North Holland and Utrecht. And the cumulative figure of 10,000 is a blend of the charges that Ibitristi's hardware uh, has gone in. 
to mainly the, mainly the UK, actually. Uh, 7,000 public charges in the UK. In Berlin, they're retrofitting around 1,000 existing lampposts to serve as charging points across various districts uh, to resonate with their business model, the original business model at Ubertricity, of street lamp charges. Nice mention for Samsung in the news today. The Michigan Strategic Fund is uh, greenlighting $5 million to help out Samsung in their amb- Ambitious plan to enlarge their Auburn Hills facilities in Michigan. Uh, they're spending $41 million to amplify their lithium-ion battery production with a bit of subsidies coming their way, which will create 368 new, jo- new job opportunities with an hourly ra- wage of $37.50, which is it's pretty good, isn't it, depending on how many hours you do. And, you know, if you did a kind of average work, what's an average work week in America? Over here, it's 37.5 hours. Most people do more in full-time jobs that you know they're sort of wedded to and stuff. If you're not you know part-time working, and uh, or many people do, I should say, and you know if you're doing that kind of hours on that kind of money, what is that? Was fifty grand plus salary to make lithium-ion batteries good future-proof jobs? I think that's all fantastic. And finally, thought I'd mention this: new reports came out that I saw yesterday that was optimistic. Now, I also read, funny enough, a Bill Gates blog a couple of nights ago where he was very optimistic about climate change and said, there's so much to do, but I'm seeing so much happening. The aspiration to curb human-induced global warming and the agreed threshold remains achievable owing to a remarkable expansion in electric vehicle sales and solar energy over the last two years. The trajectory of solar energy installations and EV sales has been consistent with the targets that we need to hit. Now, there's still lots of problems with energy and industry and all those things that we need to work on. But in terms of solar and EVs, the trajectory that was set, we're actually on the line. We're there with it. And so we're doing our job with EVs. We're doing our job with solar. And we could limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels, according to the Paris-based International Energy Agency. Now, to agree with the Paris Agreement's warming cap, uh, there's methane reductions that have to happen as well in the energy sector. That's a formidable greenhouse gas, 80 times more potent than carbon dioxide over the short-term duration. Uh, The narrative of clean energy adoption is really inspiring. Now, I talk about this stuff day in, day out on this podcast, and I love seeing stories like this where, you know, a proper organisation, not just me, a proper one, says... Look, we've run all the numbers. We looked at the data. These are proper economists, and they're saying we are on the right track. Solar power capacity escalated by 50% over the last two years. EV sales up 240% globally in the last two years. And the cap is within reach. This surge in clean energy solutions and EVs is not merely a testament to some sort of tech advancement for tech's sake, but a beacon of hope in the global effort to mitigate climate change. This report accentuated the global strides that we're all making, a collective global stride towards a more sustainable world and a more eco-friendly world, underlining that the window to achieve these climate goals, yes, it's narrowing, and yes, it's becoming more urgent by the day, but the window is open, and we can do it and we can get there. 
And I love that. What a great way to end today. Thanks for listening. Our premium partners are Phil Roberts. Now, he runs Electric Future at EF.Energy. You want to find out more about what they do. Uh, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati. Audi of Cincinnati East. Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East. National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley from Nevo.ie and the Nevo EV Review Island YouTube channel. Octopus Electroverse Global Public Charging Made Simple with one app and one map and lease plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good and see tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.